This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. And then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality, Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y-Tunes Shuffle. So every morning you've got all these people who've got all sorts of problems, have their little morning hacker, you know, chat, and then they go in. And But there is no difference to those guys and us. We're just addicted to making films. <laughs> no, I agree completely. Yeah. I, in fact, I might work for that addiction center. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. on the beach. I, yeah, uh, It's on the beach. Yeah. Uh, passages. Uh, well, we're staying in the Ellison Suite, so opposite that. Yeah, I think that is Passages Addiction Treatment Center. There you go. In I'm Venice. a counselor for that. Oh, that. well, yes, that's fantastic. Yes, yeah, yeah. How and long have you felt addicted, Martin? Uh, since I <laughs> since I was a little boy. Was there a family history of addiction to film, music, perhaps? No, but my father, stage father, uh, my 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 uncle was a producer in the theatre. I'm sorry. I know it's terrible, and uh, and he used to bring us into the theatre and we'd go and see things, and it was very exciting. So yes, it is. So an addiction. I, I got addicted at a very early age. Well, I'm your afraid. addiction's working out well. Yeah. It's well, I positive. don't know about that. <laughs> the you voice talk that to my you're bank hearing, manager. we are recording. By <laughs> We're going. We, we, Hello. We, I love We're these cold opens. Hello, I world. Do too. <laughs> the voice that you're hearing is our guest today, Martin Gooch, director, writer, producer, and everything behind the cameraman yeah. with a, a, a fascinating addiction. I stand behind the cameraman. <laughs> well, you've done a lot of things. Is that, is that camera man, as in the hippie sort of Californian, hey, I like a cameraman? Uh, yeah, or is that the camera man? Or person, we should say camera person. Or everything behind the camera person. Okay, fair enough. 2,000 hours of experience, you've done th- things like Harry Potter, Judge Dredd, The Muppets. You've done over 20 short films. Two of those yep. got you Best New Director at BBC. That's right. And you have a new project. It's yes. called Spooks Interactive. Oh, that's old. That's old. Oh, that's old. But that won you a BAFTA. It did. And got you nominated for an Emmy. Uh, well, the show got nominated. An Emmy. Well, that's what they say. They nominated for an Emmy. For an enema. An enema. So just to set the stage for everything. Yeah, who we are. This is mine. Yeah. Of course, David Earl Waterman, the familiar, lovely voice, getting married in a couple of weeks. Oh, gosh. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm Maggie Mayfield. This is Y-Tune Shuffle. And we're just going to play some music today. Although I do have have to ask you because on your website this is the most fascinating thing that i've heard in a long yes. time you said that you spent a year as an eagle above mount shasta northern california that's what, true what does that mean uh well i uh, i was an eagle an eagle scout or like no flying bird? in the sky like no this isn't true uh, what, what happened was i was like describe every detail <laughs> what did you eat how did you wake mostly how worms did you not and small birds sounds like yes. mushrooms before the show but... yeah no, no, no. no when i was a kid uh, I had two loves, and you have to bear in mind this is the eight, 1980s, so no internet, no computers, only four channels on the television in mm-hmm. our country, and uh, I desperately wanted to either be a filmmaker mm-hmm. or my other love was travel. Mm-hmm. But in in the UK in those days, if your mum and dad don't work in TV, there's n- you got no chance of get or went to Oxford, no chance of getting to telly, mm. and so I wrote to just about every single company in the world that looked interesting, and I wrote to the US Forest Service. I was only 19. And they wrote back and said, would you like to come and work for us as a volunteer in Modoc County, California? And I said, yes, please. So I left England all on my own with a little bag. I went to the middle of nowhere, Alturas, California, Modoc. I had the most amazing time. I was there for six months. And uh, I went to see Mount Shasta and I worked on Native American 
burial sites and I spent a long time with the Native American people of that area, the Modoc tribe. And I was only 19. I'd never been anywhere. I'd literally been not even to Paris. Wow. Uh, and wow. so this like, yeah. blew my tiny little brain off because there's, there's snow-capped volcanic mountains, there's hot bubbling lava things, there's huge pine forests and you go across <laughs> to the desert. It was like going to, to all the planets of Star Wars in one afternoon. And I just fell in love with the place. So when I was doing my CV... All CV, those, what's yeah. a CV? Uh, as, uh, resume, curriculum vitae. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I want one. Yes, yes. So when I was doing my resume mm. um, uh, and resuming things, <laughs> I, I just put at the bottom, because no one ever wants to read them, and I just put, and I spent six months at Mount Shasta uh, working for the US Forest Service. I thought, that's a bit boring, isn't it? So I put, I spent a year as an eagle, and no one ever reads it, and you're the first person in, how old am I now, in 27 years to ever pick up on that line. Wow. That's yeah, that no is one, amazing. No one ever bothers to get to the bottom of the resume. That's Martin. my favorite part. Thank you very much. Yeah. Start at the bottom. My yeah. my resume has a little thing on it. It's a, like a list of special things that you can do, and mine says analog clock reader. Analog clock reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not better, a digital clock reader. You better but... watch that. Oh! <laughs> oh wow! Thank you very Perfect. much. We have Martin Gooch on Y <laughs> Shuffle today, folks. Take your break. Yes. Sit back with your tea, coffee. Yeah. And enjoy this music coming up. My, I think it's going to be a good show. This is great. I'm going to ruin it. No, well, Just okay. you listen. That makes it even better. Yeah. Martin Gooch. And that's how you pronounce it, Gooch. Yep. Okay. And what is that from? Is that Scottish? Uh, well, uh, my dad, who is the world's greatest storyteller, tells me it's Flemish. It's and Flemish. He, and he says, <coughs> oh, that's it. <coughs> Clear your throat. And he says it means co- uh, trickster or magician. And I, a gooch I, is a yes, trick. My dad's yes. a magician. Oh, there you go. Already with the Y-Tune Shuffle connections. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So, now, so, where but, did you grow up? I grew up in a little town called St Albans, which uh, to people in England means nothing, but to people from the rest of the world is 2,000 years old, and it's where, where the first Christian martyr was beheaded by the evil Romans 2,000 years ago. Oh, but oh, to us, good. that doesn't mean anything. We just like, it's just a town. Uh, Does it have Starbucks? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, everything has Starbucks. Yes. Yeah. Phew! What doesn't? Thank I think goodness easy, we can easy, carry easy, on. We, they got KFC, McDonald's, oh, okay. Burger yeah. King. Is this, are we allowed that. to say these advertising things? Yeah, we have yeah. no sponsors yeah. of yeah. any of note yet. So we're, this show we're, not we're sponsored by anyone. Yeah. And so, as you said earlier, your, um, your filmmaking desires began very early in your yep. life. Yeah. Yeah. What was influenced? How was it influenced? Yeah. Is there a particular movie or show? Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, I think. Let me think. Let me think. Well, uh, we, you know, as I said, if you grow up in the late seventies and the eighties, there I is did. No, well, exactly. There's no mm-hmm. t, no real TV in the UK. We didn't have lots of channels like America. Mm-hmm. There were three channels. Mm-hmm. That's it. BBC One, BBC Two, and ITV, mm-hmm. and then you'd have Channel Four, but that didn't start till I think 1980. Yes, uh, and then it was very limited program. It'd stop like mm-hmm. at, at six before six pm. There'd be nothing on the, and then you press the button and there'd be nothing. It was the same here. I think yeah. we had seven oh, channels go, in the states at that very time. Yeah, and then uh, and going to the cinema, you know, it cost money. Didn't have any money, uh, and uh, didn't you know, it wasn't a hugely uh, affluent area. And so we'd just muck about. Me and my brother, we played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons because oh. Dungeons and Dragons is going to the cinema for free in your head. Mm. And then, of course, cut to 30 years later, Stranger Things, which is Dungeons and Dragons on television. Is that really what that is based on? 
Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, uh, Strange Things is little kids playing Dungeons and Dragons and then going on an adventure. And each one of them is a character. You've got the the engineer who's like the wizard. Mm-hmm. You've got the mystic one who's like the magic user. Mm-hmm. You've got the the one who wanders around is a bit like the thief. And then the girl who's got actual magical powers. Right, and then they go. Yeah, they, okay. There's bad people <laughs> and they go underground into a dungeon and fight a giant thing that's like a dragon. And if that's not Dungeons and Dragons, I don't know what is, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, yeah. I've never heard it broken down like that before. Yeah, and they even at the beginning of the film, they're even playing or TV series. They're even playing D and D. And is that part of your of your CV? Is uh, is Stranger Things? Not yet. Not yet. But no. this, I mean, I'm still sort of shaken, and I want the listeners to 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 truly understand. You you were affiliated with the Harry Potter. I, I was just an assistant cameraman. Oh, oh that's affiliation. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. When, the, when they started shooting, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this is 20 years ago. It's, I think Isn't it's, that something? Yeah, it's 2000. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just a freelance camera assistant. Right. And we used to do a thing called motion control, which is computer-controlled cameras. And we did that on um, uh, Muppet's Treasure Island. It's very exciting. And then we did a lot of commercials. So you have these huge rigs. They're the size of a truck. Yes. And they have arms coming out. And they're all computer-controlled. And at the end is a camera. And uh, so you can replicate the movement, so it will do the movement exactly the same. And that's called motion control. And I was a camera assistant for that for a long time, a couple of years. And uh, one day the phone rang and said, "Can you? are you available? And I said, yes. And they said, it's this location. And I thought, hmm, Leavesden Studios, that's mm. interesting. Because mm. uh, I knew that's where they're shooting Potter. And my friends were working on it. And so I, I rock up there and it, is, it was Harry Potter. But all I only did the Quidditch in the first episode. The green screen—I can't even say it—green screen Quidditch. Harry sitting on a broom. Uh, don't 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 take yeah. away from it. No, it's that's, I like yeah, that it's stuff. I think that's neat. But I had I had no no um, creative input. I just loaded cameras and put Tell magazines on and stuff. Input. Did yeah. you know the story of Harry Potter before? Yeah, you? I'd read the books. Oh, I thought cool. it was great. Yeah, it's so I think J.K. Rowling's a genius. Yeah, you know, and just whether or not you like her books, the mere fact that she has got millions of children all around the world reading books is yeah. just fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah, she's just an amazing. The level person. of literacy that she has increased is just you know. She should get a and it's still relevant. I mean, just down, just our neighbors in Universal Studios, they yep. just opened up Harry Potter World a year ago. I know, I went to see it. I thought it was cool. It you was did. Really you went, yeah, of you course. Actually, that was I love the movies. And how yeah. does a, a lad from St. Albans who has no chance whatsoever to work in telly <laughs> yeah. work in telly and film? Well, after after I'd spent uh, time flying around Mount Shasta as an eagle, as an eagle. Uh, I realized <laughs> that the, 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 there was no future in film there. And oh, all, no. All, I know, I know. It's shocking. <laughs> So uh, and uh, so I I uh, I'd done my education, you know, I'd finished uh, at eighteen in film and television. No, no, just regular, oh, regular, school, primary, regular, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, maths and year English and stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we call that sixth form in the UK. I don't know what I it is know, here. I've worked. I was an international. Oh, there you go. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know no. what the equivalent I, is in America. Well, grade high school. Yeah, high school yeah. Uh, twelve. Yeah, high school twelve. There yeah. you go. They go yeah. to thirteen. They go to 13 in England. Unlucky 13. They do? Year 13. Yes. Yeah, I had to learn that when I was at uh, Harrow. Five plus four. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. And it's so, a long time ago. So after the Eagles, after yeah, you so stopped once being the Eagles Eagle. had landed, <laughs> uh, the, uh, I, I just, you know, I always wanted to be a filmmaker and, uh, and I'd written scripts and like I said, playing D&D with my brother and my friends is like being a film director because you create a world, you create a story, you have yes. actors, you have supporting cast and we used to play it, we'd create uh, the environments, we'd put candles on if it was scary or, or music on so you you are doing all the elements of being a director, you just not haven't got a camera. 
You know, and how did you get the camera? Well, yeah. so uh, I went to uh, college to study art. Which college? Canterbury Christ Church College in Canterbury 1992. Canterbury Christ Church College. Yeah. Did you finish? Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, and uh, I did joint honours with uh, radio, film, television and art. Oh, Wonderful. And uh, yeah. I met, it, the funny thing was the best thing about, you know, as I'm sure many people would agree, the best thing about going to college is meeting people. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I met a lot of people who are still my best friends 20, yeah. 20 uh, seven years ago. And quite a few of those guys and girls still work on my movies. So, you know, we made those friendships almost 30 years ago and <laughs> we're still talking to each other. Before you know? we launch into our first song, yeah. um, I, I, I want to make an unabashed confession. Our listeners know, and perhaps you do or you don't. Um, <clears throat> my moniker is Hollywood's secret weapon. Because I do name drop and try to weasel myself into all of our guests' lives in some relevant or irrelevant way. Yep. I have no shame about it. I do it. <laughs> and I want to ask you, Martin, not for your benefit specifically or for the shows, Maggie, I apologize, purely for my benefit and for the listeners to like me better. <laughs> I want to ask you if you're familiar with a BBC, I believe it's Channel 4 show called Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. Oh, yes, yes, with Chris Evans. Yes. Do you know who the American Chris Evans was for the the reboot of that here? No, but I'm beginning to get an inkling who it might have been. Would you like to? I'll give you three guesses. George Clooney. Wrong. Um, Sadly departed Robin Williams. Wrong. Oh, um, Charlie Chaplin. Wrong again. Oh, rubbish at this. Would you be shocked if you were, if I were to say to you, you're looking at him right now? Oh, I could tell by the glasses. Isn't that? And that's why I, <laughs> I got thought the, those I, are Chris I Evans's glasses. Chris Evans. Yeah. Isn't that a thrill? <laughs> Fantastic. Hasn't that just taken the show to another level? It certainly has. It certainly has. He <laughs> he used to do a show, The Big Breakfast. Uh, uh, no, another one. What was it uh, on Fridays? Is that? Don't forget your tooth. Which was on Fridays? It was Friday Live. Don't forget your toothbrush. Yeah, because they filmed in a place called Riverside Studios, right next to the Thames. Right next to the Thames. Yeah. I was a camera assistant there just for one episode. Wow! Wow! Yeah, See yeah, how it because, all connects. Because all because you know neat. we're like we're like um, fish in a barrel, and the producer would phone up and say, "Hey, we need a camera assistant yeah. for this show on Thursday," and they'd just phone us up and say, "I thought man, yeah. I was. One, yeah. I bet I thought you're probably affiliated with that." Yeah. In all all seriousness, the best television show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Not it was, only because. It was, to be a part of it. Groundbreaking. There wasn't anything like it before it, and there's never been anything like it since it. Yes. What's fascinating is that you were one of the few people I met who never had an interest of going in front of the camera. Well, that's not entirely true. Mm. There it is. Yeah. No, 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 no. I have no, 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 absolutely. I have no interest in doing it. It's just that, and all the actors in Hollywood are going to phone me up and death threaten me now. I don't think acting is very difficult. And having been on set with Sean Connery, Sylvester Stallone, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, and uh, um, Kate Winslet, Kate Blanchett, um, and all sorts of fantastic actresses, Catherine Zeta-Jones, I've, I've worked with all sorts of people, whether I was just a lowly little camera man who came on and did the clapperboard and ran away, mm-hmm. or directing them face to face. I don't think acting is that difficult. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to prove it, I was in a film. Oh. oh, so I play the lead in my second movie, which is, uh, which is called *The Search for Simon*, and I did it primarily to shut up actors who said, "You don't know what it's like, man. You don't know what it's like to be in front of the camera." And I'm well, like, "I absolutely do," because I did a whole movie. Yeah. So, so and how I have. Did, go? did you like it? Oh, it's brilliant. I, 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 <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> I just think it's really easy. Like Where? actors, actors turn up. They get driven to work often. They get put in a little room. Someone comes up and says, "Oh, would you like a cup of tea?" And here's a donut. And, uh, oh, don't worry, Be, it's everything. Have a massage. Would you like a new hat? And all this sort of rubbish. And they go to wardrobe, they go to makeup. Well, the crew and they, is like sweating yeah, and, and hungry. We've, and, and the crew's been standing in a, in a 
muddy field since 5am and there's no breakfast till nine o'clock. And, oh. uh, and then the actor comes in and they don't really know anything. They don't know anyone's name. And they stand there and they say some words and then they walk off. Do you think that the actor is riding the coattails of the entire production? In other words, a famous mm. actor is, is kind of getting the laurels of the entire film. Yeah, well, I mean, it would seem like that, wouldn't it? Well, I, to, now that you've bring yes. it up, I, I do feel yeah. that way. I was recently on The Lima Project with Brad Pitt. <laughs> and, and I took note of it, too, as yes. I was a featured uh, background actor in that yes. film. Coming out next week, by the way. Yes. Um, and, and Brad and I were about as far away as Maggie, you and I are here yes. in the uh, Y-Tune Shuffle studio. That's and, about three uh, feet yeah, for I, I the radio listeners. I could have done Brad Brad Pitt's part. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. No. <clears throat> I've said my bit. Well, now that we know, mm -hmm. um, I'm so curious as to your Fay Five songs and why you picked them. So Me too. without ah. further ado, let's jump into song number one. Golden brown, texture like sun, lays me down with my mind she runs throughout the night. No need to fight, never a frown. something like this before well i've heard the beatles it, I, at first it sounded a little bit like your beatles my beatles i say that because i hear a lot of people use that kind wait of your beat that that's where they came oh. from yeah yes the, when, when oh i say God, your i'm referring minute. to the all of uk oh okay and they're your enough. sons yes uh, elvis is our elvis yes sadly i don't get any royalties from my beatles uh but i wish i did but i don't you just wait, are you in this band <laughs> No, no, no. This is the is this it? is the Stranglers. The Stranglers. Oh, we've yes, heard of the Stranglers. Yes. It's a yeah. song called Golden Brown. Yeah, I, I mean this. I love this song and uh, picture, if you will. Uh, I believe it came out in 1982. Mm -hmm. So summer of 1982, I would have been nine. So when this song came out, I, I just thought it was the most amazing thing. And for, for the musos out there, it's not in a 4-4 four, four time signature. It's in a 3-4 time What's signature. What's the instrument? That, that uh, it's a harpsichord. Harpsichord. And, uh, and, you know, they are a punk rock band that did No More Heroes and things like that. And then all of a sudden they come out with this 3-4 time uh, harpsichord. Uh, and the it's not a bass guitar. It's a um, double bass. Uh, and when it came out, they had a little pop video. And as I said before, you know, in those days, you didn't see any telly. There was no telly. If you wanted to watch something, you had to turn on Thursday at 7.30pm and watch Top of the Pops and that. And when that was over, that was it until next week. No Top more of the Pops? Is Top of the Pops. Oh, it's like our TRL. That was, like well, it was like MTV. MTV yeah. before MTV was even thought of. Really? Yeah. And you guys uh, always have all the good stuff. Right? They do. Oh, well, yeah. we're very innovative uh, yes. in, in the arc. And... Uh, <laughs> And th this video is fantastic, and it has the four members of the band. They're all in this beautiful sort of uh, uh, Egyptian uh, room with plants, and they've all got dinner jackets on, and they're all standing there, but they're all unshaven. They all look a bit bit punky. And uh, then Hugh Cornwall, the lead singer, starts singing, and he's singing into Radio Cairo microphone. Oh, cool. And then it's intercut with footage of the pyramids and the Nile and people on a dow sort of moving along. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is the most exotic thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, and I just thought it was amazing, and it really influenced me. And and uh, ever since then, every time I've heard this song, it's just one of those songs where you just think, right, I don't care what I'm doing, I'm just going to stop and listen to it. What so else anyway. was yeah. going on in your life then? Yeah. I have no idea. Style? I was nine. <laughs> I know, but I think it was just... You, you, have a, you have a brother. Yes, and was a sister. Uh, were they alive at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the middle one. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So my sister would have been two or one and a bit, <laughs> uh -huh. depending on what time of year it was. Do you share a room with your brother? I, until I was 19. Wow. Yeah, we had a small little house, and I only got a, a room because I left to go to America. <laughs> so, you know, things were well, different then. Do yes. you guys have bunk beds? 
Uh, no, no, we didn't. We didn't. We had regular big beds. Yeah, I think if we'd had bunk beds, one of us would have died. Probably. Almost <laughs> <Yeah>. certainly. <laughs> posters on the wall? Posters on the wall, yes. Yeah. What, what were they? Uh, what were they? Uh, well, I, I we really liked Queen. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we loved Queen, so I think we had a Bohemian Rhapsody poster. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But I was, you know, I loved sci-fi and spaceships and, and Dungeons and & Dragons, so we had some of that stuff. But, you know, all our posters would have been torn out of a comic. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, sure. and there's a brilliant British comic called 2000 AD. 2000 AD. Yeah, it's still going today. It's been going for almost 40 years, or actually 40-something years. And it's where Judge Dredd uh, came from. And there's uh-huh. a new film uh, coming out soon called Rogue Trooper, uh, directed by Duncan Jones, who did Moon and all sorts of stuff. And they're from the same school, which is uh, 2000 AD. Cool. So when America was doing Marvel, we were doing Judge Dredd and stuff like that. So I'd have those stuck on the wall. And, so uh, cool. you know, I like drawing, so there'd be lots of terrible scribbles. You were a sponge at that time at nine years oh, old. Oh, Things yeah, yeah. Things were beginning to yeah, absorb. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. We, we all we read everything. and But we liked, you know, we lived in a small town. Mm-hmm. And uh, so being outside was great. So you'd be like, like, you know, like kids, you know, just being outside with your bicycle, mucking about with your mates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing more fun than that. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm older now, and I still like being outside mucking about with my mates. Exactly. Was so, your brother one of your friends? Like, would you? Oh yeah, yeah, we'd hang out together. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. My sister was two, and there were like two girls down the street, and then like one up the street, and we, the four of us, would ride to go meet her, and then yes. we'd go swimming, and it was super fun. Yeah. That's it. See, yeah. see, that's the Stranger Things world. Mm-hmm. That's why it's mm-hmm. so popular because he's recreated. Everyone's going, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, I used to do that." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's where it begins. Yeah. So you hear this song, and every time you're like, "Yeah, this is where this is where it started." Oh, I just loved it. I just loved it. And then many years later, uh, I saw the Stranglers live a few times. They they're really really fantastic band, and they got another song called "Always the Sun," uh, which is another sort of summer, positive, uplifting, happy. You know, it's they're very they're very what's the word melancholy, Mm. but at the same time, it leaves you feeling happy. It feels good to feel bad. No, hang on, bad to feel good. Blue. Blue is a happy colour. Something like so. that. Yeah. One of the three. Yeah. <laughs> In my counselling training, yes, I believe yes. I read that. Yes. In my stream of consciousness, it was yeah. a good thing. And then many, many, many years later, when I was uh, sort of approaching being an adult, someone said that Golden Brown was all about taking heroin. And I was Ooh. like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I'm absolutely happy with it all being lovely and about mm-hmm. the sun and the Nile and the golden sands of the desert. Well, the beautiful thing about music and art and the names, which uh, a little heads up, we'll be getting into the names of bands in another part of the show later. Yeah. But, um, you know, the Stranglers, to be able yes. to say, I love the Stranglers. Yes. It's an act of murder, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's great. That's why the artistic thing started. And oh, they're still going, still going today. Here Different singer, but still going. You've you've reached the top today. That's yeah. pretty punk rock, if you ask me. Yeah, rock and roll. Great start <laughs> to the five. All right, here, Martin, your song number two. Where are you in your life now? What's what what? Well, that, this? that was Peekaboo, Susie and the Banshees. Susie and the Banshees, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, so, because uh, I grew up in a little town, 
St. Albans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't go to gigs, you know, because going to London was... It's like a prison island, Well, St. no, no, Albans. no, it was very lovely, but, like, the bands didn't come there, right, so okay, if you wanted, yeah, yeah. To, if you yeah, wanted yeah. to go and see a live band, yeah, you yeah. had to go into London, and, yeah. and going to London required money and yeah. organisation and stuff, and, you know... Like a film. Yeah, exactly, yeah. so it just didn't happen very often. And then, uh, and bands like Queen they were, were on tour in those days, but we, yeah. there's no way we could afford to go and see them, didn't have a car, blah, blah, blah. And then... Uh, Susie and the Banshees were playing in Cambridge uh, on the, on a tour at the Cambridge Corn Exchange in about I think I'm going to say 1989. That could be wrong. The Cambridge Corn Exchange. Yeah, so that's the building in K. So, you know, rather than it being called the the Forum, it Aye. used to be where they went and exchanged corn. Awesome. And now it's a venue. Awesome. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so my friend Katie. Uh, said I really want to go and see uh, Susie and, and uh, so we got tickets and we went and and the reason I chose this song is Susie and the Banshees were the first proper live band I ever went to see is that oh, right yeah, exactly cool. so so I'd seen you know you'd seen the local band and the band in the pub and your school play mm -hmm. and stuff like that but I'd never actually seen a signed band that had records in the shops until I went to see Susie and the Banshees wow. and I remember it distinctly and um uh, you know, you walk up to the Cambridge Corn Exchange and it's an old building and uh, from the, I don't know, 1880s or whenever it was. And uh, there's all these punks and goths hanging around outside, <laughs> all with their leather jackets and their weird hair. And uh, and I and I thought this is amazing. And in those days, everybody smoked. You know, everything. So you'd open the door, oh, yeah, and yeah. the sound oh, would yeah. come out, and you'd step in to this darkness that was filled with smoke from all the cigarettes. And uh, you know the the girls would have this peculiar oil um, smell. <laughs> I to love them. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. you and and I just was like, oh my god, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just thought, this is it. This is this is my realm. And uh, you know, and, and you know, I was a young man, and the the women were beautiful, and the the men were weird. And I was like, this is fantastic. Wonderful. And the beer wasn't expensive. Uh, and then Susie came on stage with her band. And uh, she was just amazing. I, and, uh, her, you know, just her look. Like, she, there is nobody else. She's only her. Mm. She's not em uh, uh, in person. It's like Lady Gaga now. Mm. You know, she's not pretending to be someone else. She mm. is her own person. Mm. And she gave an incredible performance. I, like, tiny young me, my brain was blown away. I, I was just completely uh, enamoured with the whole uh, how old scene. are you now at that point? Uh, how old am I now? Not now, no, then. Now, now, the then. now then. Now and then. See, I'm not. I'm not sure what year it was, but I was either like 17 or 18. Okay, so yeah. You, uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, about and, the time uh, you go. Yeah. Exactly, and yeah. uh, and it was just brilliant, and uh, you know, I still got the ticket stub somewhere. At oh, home. that's cool. So, <laughs> yeah, and then I saw Susie uh, a few more times because uh, they haven't toured lately, uh, but they played at um, the Cambridge uh, um, Coco Club in Camden. Oh, I don't know about 10 years ago, and that's the oh. last time I saw them. But it was just amazing. It was really, really fantastic. And then they had an album out called um, Superstition, uh, which has a song on it called um, Kiss Them For Me. And I think that's just one of the best albums I have ever heard. People will disagree with me and they are fine. Sure, sure. But in my humble opinion, it's one of my favourite albums. Great memory. Who is um, Katie? That's who you went with? Yes. Are you still friends? I have no idea. I don't know where she is. Don't have to. Facebook isn't a thing for you? No. Well, see, see, what happens is women get married and change their surname. Uh, and then, ah, you yeah, can, yeah. and then you know. How did you know, Katie? Yeah. Oh, we were friends. We met in Russia. What? What? Yes, yeah. This is before you were an eagle. Yeah. What? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Russia. So yeah. So I had a Russian pen pe pen pal. Oh. Yes. Yeah. But I have no idea that. what happened to. I haven't seen her since. 
1992. Was it a we, thing? Was it no, a, just friends? You got to have just you, friends. You don't want to go to a gig on your own. No, you got to go with someone. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to have a pen pal. Yeah. I'll never forget. I had I had a pen pal, Agnieszka, and she lived in the Czech Republic. And I yeah. thought it was so cool that they had computers there. Yeah. <laughs> my, my pen pals were the Brady Bunch, and I would tune in uh, once a week. And I would those were my, my telly friends were my pen pals. I didn't do any work. I wouldn't. <laughs> out of a thing. That's neat. And so she just came over to. I oh, know she is from Cambridge. Oh. But I met I met her in Moscow because oh, okay. I was in Moscow on a school trip. Yeah, beautiful. That's amazing. Things beautiful. are different. Things are in different the, today. Before the before the wall came down. Yeah. yeah Which yeah, one? Yeah. Well, yeah, we're putting them up. We're putting them, taking them down. We're putting them up, up, down, whatever. You I like. just uh, the Cambridge Corn Exchange. I know. Yes. I love that too. I it might just, still be there. I, I mean, you know, I've no idea. And they idea. still call it that. It's not like sponsored now, like the American Express. Oh, it's, Express. Po- it's probably yeah. called. Well, I saw ACDC yeah. at an armory in Rochester, New York. It was the Rochester yeah. Armory, and then, yes. then it became a war memorial. Yes. So it was, it was literally an armory that became wow. a venue. So the it makes perfect sense. The, That's yeah. it. I love that kind of yeah. refurbishing it, of things. And if it's an armory, it's probably not going to fall down no. from, the, from the sound. No, especially yeah. with young Angus. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that noise. Oh, good noise. So that was that was Susie and the Banshees. I love that. Life is happening. We're at 17 years old. And yeah. Yeah. I know. You are I mean, uh, yeah, these, these, I gave you these tracks in sort of chronological order. Oh, Beautiful. Okay. That's, yeah. See, this yeah. is what helps cool. tremendously, the show. Well, I'm excited to hear why song number three. Here we three, go. Here we go. So many tracks, so little time. I know. I've never heard it. You brought this band up a few times already in this episode. Yeah. Oh, I love Queen. I mean, Queen's fantastic. Whether you like Queen or not, you have to accept the fact that they're brilliant at what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, they're constant musicians and singers, and poor old Freddie's no longer with us, but um, that's not his fault. Uh, and uh, now they have Adam Lambert, and, and uh, I went to see them with Adam Lambert last year, and they were still amazing. You know, they were really, really great. But this, uh, this is a kind of magic. It came out in 1986, so I'd have been approximately 14. And as I said before, you know, there was no MTV... Uh, there was no way to see things. And the video for this, uh, which I can see playing in the background here, uh, was really fantastic. And the opening shot, and I remember it distinctly, watching it on the TV, it's a theatre in London. I forget which one it is. I want to say the lyric, but I don't think that's right. It's a very famous theatre. And Freddie Mercury walks in on the left-hand side and he's got a cape on and he's holding a staff and he's like a magician. And he comes in. And if you look carefully, you'll see on the left and the right-hand side of the of the of the theatre that he walks into, it's all been sort of post apocalyptified You see, London has fallen down, oh, wow. and you, no one ever notices this. And then he goes into the uh, the theatre, and he starts uh, spreading his magic. And Roger Taylor, the drummer, wakes up and starts playing the drums. And uh, John Deacon, the guitarist, and Brian May, the lead guitarist, and it's it's a whole story. And he 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 goes through this incredible adventure inside this theatre. And they and then I wanted to be. Roger Taylor, the drummer at that point, you know, I was like 13, 14, and I wanted my hair to look like that, so I'd go, I got my hair cut like Roger Taylor. And uh, it was That's just, cool. yeah, it was just fantastic. And the, the, the video is brilliant. And then Roger Taylor's all dressed up like a tramp, uh, and then Freddie Mercury casts his magic spell, and then all of a sudden Roger Taylor's got this bleached peroxide hair and cool sunglasses and leather jacket and an amazing drum kit, and it's just like, man, that's so cool! Because... <laughs> We'd never seen anything like that. It's the first time. And, and when you see something like that for the first time, 
it just stays. Yeah. And I still I still think it's my one of my all time favorite pop videos of all time. And in Roger Taylor's haircut was it yeah. before the 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 transition to this bleached thing that you? Copied? No, no, it was after it was all bleached and. Uh, That's and, the one you copied. Yeah. Well, I didn't have, I didn't dye it blonde, but I had. But the you cut. had the same yeah, style. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. did your mom think of that? Uh, I think it's just fine. She liked Queen. Oh, great. Yeah, my parents Perfect. are totally cool. Yeah, they they would let us have the music on and dance around the room. What did your parents stuff. do? Uh, my mum is an educational psychologist. Nice. Yeah, she deals with, uh, well, she's retired now, but she dealt with children who had learning difficulties, things like that. God and she's, yeah. yeah, yeah, she's a, a, a genius at getting kids to read and oh. helping them out and stuff. And uh, English teacher. And my dad, who's retired as well, is uh, uh, he was a information scientist for the Commonwealth Agricultural Bureau. Information science. So, like, so if you if you had a crop in Tanzania and your crop was dying, you would phone up my dad and he would say, "Ah, oh, you've got the thing wrong with your crop. You need to do this." Oh, and then people would come along and uh, and sort it out and make the crop so their 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 plants would flourish and oh my people gosh. would not starve. I and wonder he if he ever had any dealings with Cornell University in, in New York State. They're an agricultural. Quite, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite possibly. He had a lot of dealings with agricultural colleges. Yeah, I grew up near there, and it was always doing kinds of hybrids and yeah, investigation. Yeah, that's it. And he went to Tanzania a lot. He went to Costa Rica and uh, Vietnam. And, you know, when we were kids, no one went to places like that. So it's very exciting. Uh, and my dad came back from Vietnam with little funny hats for us and stuff. Awesome. That's it was brilliant. so cool. <laughs> you know, these may seem like weird questions to yeah. ask, but it's kind of the Y-Tunes thing yeah. that we're super interested in. Yeah. And, are, you know, certainly hope our listeners are too. But when, when you went to go get this haircut, yes. a, a haircut that you'd never seen <laughs> before, yes, but yes. you were moved to get it, yeah. do you recall the shop and the people and... How how that whole thing went down, or is that yeah? No, I, I, it was in it was there was a picture of Queen uh-huh. on the back of the uh, a kind of magic single. Okay, so I just took the seven inch single down <laughs> like to the this. to the barbers and I said I want that. And they were cool with it. There was yeah. like a, I mean I don't think my haircut was entirely satisfactory. Uh huh. I was, I <laughs> yeah, was happy yeah, you with were it. Like Roger I don't think people are going to walk down the street and go, hey, he's got a Roger Taylor haircut. Because uh, I remember when I saw the Flamingo Kid yes. with Matt Dillon. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with that that that, that film, but yeah. it, it sort of brought back the flat top haircut Yeah. at a time when longer hair was popular in the United States. And I wanted a flat top, and I had to yeah. argue with my buddies, you don't want this. And yeah. it was just, I just, it's a, fun, a memory of being influenced by media, music, whatever. That's so funny. Yeah, it was just, yeah. it was just the coolness, the coolness. Because he had the black leather jacket, he mm. had the black, you know, Ray Ban sunglasses. Mm. He was the drummer. Yeah. And uh, he had the blonde hair, and I just thought, man, he looks cool. Can I, I, I drop the nugget cool. on this song? Please. Yeah. Okay, so I love this so much. So Roger Taylor is actually one that wrote this song. He was, and he mm. wrote it for the movie Highlander. Highlander. Yes. There can be only one. But what's so fascinating is that Roger Taylor went away on holiday for whatever reason, and then Freddie was like, um, we're going to switch this up a little bit, wrote a new bass line, added some instruments, changed the order of it, basically like produced a whole new mix of the song. So what you hear in the movie is Roger Taylor's version, and what you hear on the album is Freddie Mercury's version, and the only writing credit goes to Roger Taylor because he came home and he was like, what the hell, you guys? And so I think Freddie was just like, oh, my bad. Sorry. Sorry. I, I saw in the film he was kind of a rebel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even within the, the band. Well, oh, you know, there's creative people, you know, creative people are gonna butt heads. This is the How the... do you deal with it as a creative person, a director and mm-hmm. everything? What do you have a standard procedure? Is it always different? Uh is it's there always, some it's ground always rules? different. I mean, I, I you know, making films is, is hard. It's not like, you know, uh working 
20 hours down a mine hard but mm -hmm. it's very very difficult to get things done and things take a very 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 long time and so and they've you know for every 10 projects you're trying to get going one will surface and nine will die on the vine mm -hmm. which is always a bit sad and uh, so when you get to set when you finally set foot on set I always believe in creating the best environment so everyone has a nice time so it's very important to me for my actors to be happy, for my crew to be happy. I will know the name of everybody. Even if I'm on a set of 50 people, I will know all their names, all their nicknames. And I will be. And, and I think it's just uh, very respectful to, to be able to communicate with people on that level. And when you give that environment, people will do their best work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I, when I was a runner, you know, I started off as a runner and then I was a camera assistant, then a loader, then a focus puller and blah, blah, blah. And I saw so many people behaving so badly on set and I, you know, just terrible things happening. I thought when I become a director, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to have a nice environment. However, having said that, you got to get the job done. You, you know, you turn up in the morning, there's a call sheet, you've got all these shots to do and then you wrap it let's say 7.30, it's got to be done by then because the sun's going down and you can't carry on shooting after that uh, or whatever the reason, actors leaving, your trucks are closing, there's no electricity or whatever. And so there has to be discipline and decorum on set. So uh, you have to t listen to people but if they're, if they're taking a very long time to say, oh, my character wouldn't do this, I normally would enter from the left and I only enter from the right on these scenes, you have to say, no, I'm sorry, we've only got enough time. You're going to stand over there, you're going to say the words and then you're going to walk over there. Thank you very much. Get on with it. Okay, roll sound, roll cameras. Here we go. And action. Thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, as, as an actor, mm -hmm. uh, not a famous actor, but yeah, there can be some holdups that are uh, kind of on the ridiculous side. Yeah. In terms of your crew, what's the biggest no-no? Is there one that would be a pet peeve or something that you Biggest no, I just just arguing with me. There's no point in wasting everybody's time. Any arguing with me should have been done before we got there. Yeah, on, that's what on the day is for. not the time. Yeah, to exactly. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. or, or just you know, just being being you know disrespectful to other crew members. I don't. I just don't like that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to brush over this because what you said is think is super important. But you said. When I was working as a, you know, lowly whatever position, yes. you were like, when I become director. Yes. Like, it was never if, it was uh, uh, when yeah. I yeah, become yeah. director. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah knew. I, knew, I knew at five I was going to be a film director. That's it. Really? Yeah. That's God. I love that. that. Yeah. yeah. And I was definitely, we, I was by the, when, what did we see? We saw um, For Your Eyes Only, Roger Moore's James Bond. Mm. Uh, my auntie, Delith, uh, who's sadly no longer with us, uh, took us to see it, me and my brother. So I think that's about 1979. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I, we came out of the cinema. I mean, you know, you, that was amazing because they got motorbikes that fire machine guns. There's, <laughs> there's skis. There's, uh, there, he jumps off a mountain with a parachute. There's uh, ice skating. It's all set in the snow, which is yeah. very exciting. I'd never been skiing, and uh, uh, just a great film. I mean, if you watch it today, it's probably dated a bit, but it's even got submarines and there's underwater and a boat. So it's every environment. And that's most of your work now is kind of in the more sort of, I don't want to say flamboyant, but action and... No, no, I mean, just genre. I just like, I just like escapism. That, that, that kicked it off. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about... I'm so, so I met Martin over the weekend at a friend's birthday party, and yeah. he was showing us this pamphlet, I don't yeah. know, a booklet yeah. for a project about um, Mars. 
Mars. Is that okay to talk yeah, about? Yeah, 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 sure. It's called Alice in Mars. Alice on Mars. On Mars. Alice yes. on Mars. I just yeah. think that's the coolest. Yeah. Alice would... on Mars. Are yes. we talking about Alice from Wonderland? Yes, yeah. she's been oh. to Wonderland. She's been through the Looking Glass, and now she's going to Mars. Brilliant. Why wouldn't she go there? And that this makes is perfect your sense. thing. This is, this is uh, it's my movie based on a book by the genius Robert Rankin. Oh, uh, wow. English writer, New York Times best-selling novelist. Yeah. And uh, I've been a fan of his stuff since I was a kid. And uh, uh, it's all set in Brentford, which is a suburb of London. And uh, many years ago, like I was, I don't know, let's say 18, uh, Robert did an open-topped bus tour of fictional London. It was brilliant. And my brother and I went along and we got on the bus and there was Robert, who, you know, I knew as the author. So it's always very exciting to meet the author of, of yeah. a book you think is fantastic. And I'd read all his books by that time. I don't know. He had like a dozen books. And he got on the bus and the bus drives all around this part of Brentford. And he tells you all about the fictional sides of Brentford, which don't exist. Yeah. So he's saying, and over by that clock tower, this is where Jim Pooley and John O'Malley mm. did this. And of course, it never happened because it just happened in his book. And, and so but it, it did happen because it happened on a page. Correct, yeah. exactly. So as far as I was concerned, I was convinced. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> I met Robert. He's a lovely chap. And then, you know, 20 years later, I phoned him up and I said, look, I've got a screening of one of my movies in London. I'd love you to come and see it. We're having a premiere in, in the South Bank at National Film Theatre. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And he turned up with his lovely wife. And uh, and after the film, he said, Martin, I thought it was great. I really, really loved it. Come and have a, you know, a cup of tea with me. So I went down to Brighton, which is where he lives, and he gave me a copy of his new book. This is a few years ago, uh, called Alice on Mars, and it's an illustrated novella, and it's fantastic. Oh, and it's the third part of the trilogy because obviously you got Wonderland, yes. Looking Glass, and that's it. And Lewis Carroll never wrote another book. And if he had lived longer or whatever, he may have written another book. We don't know. So really, it's the third part of the trilogy. And uh, when I and Robert gave me the book, and when I opened it, inside he had written, "Film me." Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like that eat me, like that. Exactly, yes. because in Alice it's drink me, eat, eat me. me. Yeah. And and I said, Oh, Robert, oh Robert, my you've gosh. got me, you've got me. Uh so I went away and I, I was I was working in Texas on a film, uh and uh when the film finished I had some spare time. So luckily I was staying with some great friends in uh, in a little town called Berlin. There's a Berlin in Texas as well as in Germany. <laughs> and um I stayed and uh sat by the pool for a few days and wrote and turned it into a film script and then I came back showed it to Robert he he liked it we did some more work on it and then it's a film script so that's what we're taking out now we're pitching uh, to see if we can get that going next I can imagine that it's great fun it's great fun it's great fun it's basically like uh, Alice in Wonderland meets Flash Gordon the 1980 film with music by Queen Flash Oh, what a! Are we getting an exclusive? Is this like our first major exclusive? I think so. Yeah. Well, we haven't. We don't have Queen on our film, but Flash Gordon has Queen. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. But that sort of vibe. That sort of vibe. Yes. Saved every one of us. Yeah. Oh my God. So if we can get that film going, that's that might be. Have you thought about the music for this film? Yeah, Alice yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 lots of fun. It's part it's a part musical. It's a bit like um Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is there anything you can share with us about what uh, type or influences might be? Yeah, I mean, it's. Have you seen the Greatest Showman that just came out? Oh with, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, with um, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, it's it's That's an amazing singer. By it's the way. a bit Who like knew? that, but it's not like that. It's like uh, um, Alice in Wonderland, but it's not like that. It's like the War of the Worlds, but it isn't like that. It's oh. like Flash Gordon, but not like that. And it's not <laughs> like um, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, but it is like that, but it isn't. 
Well, that clears it up for me. Yeah, I, 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 I have yeah. an idea of exactly yeah. what it's going to be. We're ready. Like, but not. But it's very, it's very <laughs> colourful, family action adventure film, and it's very funny. And it has happy ever after, of course. Thank you of course. for sharing. That's yeah. going to be yeah. cool. That's yeah. going to be cool. And all of that stemmed from A Kind of Magic by Queen. Yes. Mm, yeah. Thanks, Queen. <laughs> and the magic is still yeah. happening, obviously. Yeah. Song number four. I'm there, and heaven knows I hope she goes I find it hard to realize That love was in her eyes It's dying now She knows I'm crying Does this take you? Uh, well, uh, uh, so I have to ask a question. Are you playing the whole thing for the listeners? Will they hear the whole thing? No, because yeah. streaming... No, that's fine. That's okay. Can we just go to the end? Yeah. Can we just... Because it's very important. Yep. water in the shower with this one yeah oh my god <laughs> it's apocalyptic it is it's wonderful yes. wonderful i said when when you asked me to be on the show i said to my girlfriend uh which songs should i choose and she said eloise by the damned like that yeah. <laughs> is, the, is there a Shared line paper. i'm on my knees eloise yes, did i hear yes, that correctly yes your, yeah. your songs are very lyrical. Yeah. Oh, well, very like strongly words lyrical. Words are good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait until the next song and you'll be like, that's interesting. There's too much on this one yeah. we've got to ask this, this is brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I love The Damned. They are my favourite, favourite band. I've seen them live at least... 35 times oh my God. if not I'll more. be damned yeah, yeah exactly I've seen them I've seen them in Australia I've seen them I'm ignoring that joke I've seen them in Australia exactly oh, carry on carry on edit uh, this I okay. flew I flew on my birthday to San Francisco from London to see them in San Francisco wow because I wanted to have a long birthday so I got on over eight hours so Jeez. that was that was fantastic. That's I think that was my fortieth birthday. birthday and uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it was brilliant and uh, they are brilliant live and they're on tour right now go and see them i don't get a cut but just go and see them and um <laughs> i've seen hundreds of bands live and i used to work as a cameraman doing live bands so i've been on oh. tour with the Foo cool. fighters the red hot chili peppers <gasps> oh, i filmed wow. i filmed uh, britney spears and uh, elton john marilyn manson all sorts of people like that they're all shit compared to the oh, i said shit probably shouldn't say shit no, no it's fine yeah they're all shit compared to the damned live because there is so much energy on stage like you heard in that song and you just don't see it that's a strong out. statement i mean those are great yeah, bands they compared are great to them. they're and, fantastic but the damned, i want to see yeah. the damned yeah. they'll blow your nuts off okay <laughs> what's really what's interesting, left of them like listening yeah. to that like knowing the nugget they're the first british punk band to ever yes. produce like a full they're before the sex pistols yeah. and they're still going oh, but wow. listening to that it doesn't sound like what i think of as 
punk. But punk evolved, you see. You've got yeah. your, punk only was really like 1976 to like 1977, 78. Uh-huh. And then you sort of get, it goes into new wave. And then this sort of form uh, evolved into gothic rock. So this is much more your gothic rock. And if you look at the video, yeah. Vanian's got his big hair, the lead singer and his white streak in it. And uh, so it's sort of gothic rock. Like I, the Sisters of Mercy, that sort of thing, Susie and the Banshees. All the way back at Susie and the Banshees again. And um, uh, I just loved it. And it, it, I just thought it was amazing. And if you buy, if you have the 12-inch, because in those days it would come in a 7-inch version and a 12-inch version. You go down the shops and you buy the 12-inch version. You're talking about a record? Yeah, yeah, okay. to a vinyl. vinyl. And uh, the, the, the extended version of this, Eloise, has this, like, I don't know, two-minute-long drum solo at the beginning <laughs> that just builds and it's just like oh my god this is good <laughs> and then at the end it has this endless apocalyptic uh, finale as Vanian is just doing his thing yeah. and I just love it I think it's brilliant yeah. and there's various other versions of it on the internet but um, you know it's just one of those songs that, uh, that every now and then I pop it on and when I'm writing because I do a lot of writing you know writing movies and books and things uh, I like to have music on because it helps me focus and uh, but I have to listen to songs I haven't heard before I can't I can't put on a new album because too much of my brain is listening to it. So you have to listen to stuff you, you know, know the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. So all of these great bands that I've been showing to you today, I listen to a lot of that. You could write to that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. That, 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 I, I was thinking that too. Yeah. yeah, cause yeah but I, as long as I know it, I mean, yeah. I can't listen to a new album and write. But, but it's almost as if you're you're kind of all encompassed in the creative process where it's like you're thinking and it's oh, happening. Yeah. You've got your soundtrack going. But it makes your brain focus. You know, there's actual medical evidence that listening to music changes the, the rhythms of your brain. And also you, you're not looking at stupid emails or Twitter or anything <laughs> like that. So you're just concentrating and the music stops the outside world coming in so you don't hear the, sure. the police going past or the fire engines oh. or you know, the people storming your apartment. Like, l- unlike you know. white noise, it's... it's <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's noisy it's noise. Noisy noise. Yeah. Uh, the, did, did I hear you correctly? The Damned is your all-time favourite. Yes. Have you ever used their music in your films? I tried to. In my last film, we tried to get a song called Nasty, mm. which, uh, which is all about video nasties. Uh, it's only two and a half minutes long. You should play it. It's good. And uh, they uh, video nasties like yeah like... horror films. Oh okay. Yeah. I thought like means. a triple X. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No 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 no. That's nasty nasty. Yeah. And, uh, that's nasty nasty nasty. <laughs> 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 and uh, and uh, yeah, we tried to get it, but we, we just couldn't afford the rights. And even though the lead guitarist Captain Sensible worked with me on a project years ago, and he wrote an album which is fantastic called The Universe of Jeffrey Brown. And uh, the sleeve notes of that, I was working for a record company in about, I don't know, uh, when I was a uh, student, so 1993 or something, and um, called Humbug Records. And he bought out this album, Universe Jeffrey Brown, and the sleeve notes are fantastic. And it's, and it's a whole story in the sleeve notes. And the album is a um, concept album. And, uh, and I, I managed to get in touch with the captain and I said, look, I'd like to turn this into a screenplay. So I did. Uh, it took me a while. And... Uh, but it's 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 a wonderful story about a man who works for the ministry uh, in in England uh, of archives and listening into space like SETI, search for extraterrestrial intelligence, and NASA and things. And one day he discovers there's a a, a blip, and he investigates and he realizes that we have actually already uh, had contact from an alien race a long time ago, like in the 1960s. But it's all been completely hushed up. Mm. and it's what he does and the album the musical album is all about what he does to tell people about this and in the end uh spoiler alert but as it came out in 1995 i think i'm allowed to spoil it he the <laughs> the uh, uh he realizes that the the world doesn't want to change 
you can change as a person, but the world, not the planet, but the, everyone may not want to change. And this is, you know, I think this is relevant to society today. And I, don't, I think that single you know, statement just adjusted yeah. my thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can change in your little way. You can change. And, and the pursuit of happiness is the, is the ultimate goal, really, you know, uh, without destroying things. And, and I was talking about this to someone yesterday, uh, and uh, I just sort of said, you know, what, what, you know, people always talk about karma, 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 karma. But really, uh, it's all about being... Uh, happy because if you're happy and you spread that happiness to someone even just saying thank you when you buy a you know a drink or something then they'll be one percent happier and they'll go home and they'll be one percent happier and that person and that will spread out and if you can do that a lot then then hopefully they'll go home and they won't do a bad thing hmm. I really and uh, and that and, and so always say please and thank you That's yeah I'm... always say please and thank you tell jokes try not to be uh be angry and uh, and you know I've had I've been in, I'm in LA for meetings and I've had some meetings are brilliant some have been really quite awful and uh, and I was talking to this chap yesterday and he said you know brilliant piece of advice is when something happens it's either good or funny <laughs> yeah and I thought that is genius oh God, that's genius I'm taking yeah. that I'm taking that forward so like you have a meeting and they say you know this is fantastic we're going to agree like your movie that's good. Yeah, but if if this is what happened to me the other day, I had a meeting and it was twelve minutes long, oh. and before I'd even started pitching, I found myself in the corridor walking back to the thing being escorted out by oh. the assistant because oh. uh, my time had run out, and and I thought I could be really upset about that, thinking I've flown all the way from London for that fiasco, or I could laugh about it That's and go genius. that was yeah. that was funny. Yeah. You know, Everything is in. either good or funny. Exactly. There's Brilliant. no bad. Thank you. And uh, and I thought oh, I've got to take that forward. And, yeah, and, and you have, have. and yeah. social yeah. for showing that way. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. That was Owen. Owen the balloonatic. That's him. He he gave me that piece of advice. Owen Thank the balloonatic. Yeah, he's a balloon artist. That's clever. Thank you, Owen. He works. He works at the Magicopolis on Fourth in uh, Santa Monica. Nice. Which is yeah, if you yeah. like magic, yeah, go to Magicopolis. Yeah, that's my neighborhood. Yeah, right. yeah. Go see Owen. Yeah. And uh, and just to finish off Eloise, the song, yeah. uh, the lead singer Dave Vanian, uh, you know, I, I think they're brilliant. And uh, I finally managed to get him to be in my last film. Oh, you oh, did? So, okay. yeah, he, come, he came in and did a day as a voiceover artist on the film. And, uh, you know, the, the, it, we, only, we only did it in January this year. And it's a short film. It's, we did a short film all in one shot. Uh, and it's really cool. I was very happy with it. It's called A Midwinter Night's Dream. And it has a brilliant British actor called Michael McKell, who everyone in England knows who he is. And he's now on tour with Queen. Wow. So, I mean, it's just bonkers. The world is very small. And uh, I managed to get in touch with Dave Vanian from The Damned. And I asked him to come and do the film. And, you know, he's, he's famously, um, uh, uh, you know, doesn't do public in meetings and stuff. He, yeah, what's the word? Reserved. Mm. And uh, and so we're sitting there in the sound studio in London with all the other actors to do the ADR and everything. And he was supposed to be there at like 10.30 and he didn't turn up. And I just thought, oh, well, oh, never mind. Okay. And then at 10.31, he walked through the door. And I was like, oh, my God, I've achieved something. I've achieved something with my life. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Great Congratulations. Story. Thank you very much. And Wonderful. it was brilliant. And he was brilliant. And he did it all in one take. You know, like when people are really, really good at something, mm -hmm. they come in, that you set the microphones, they do it and it's great and uh, we did some more for variation but he just got it it's yeah. brilliant and and thank oh, you very much that. mr vanian yeah very congrats cool. is it out now uh it's uh, that's why uh, it's on tour we were on okay. tour of the film and then when the tour finishes we'll put it out okay a midwinter's night dream yes. one shot one shot all in one wow, shot that's no amazing. cuts no cheats no edits yeah didn't hitchcock do that yeah but probably not as good 
<laughs> it was going to be my the end of my sentence, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to say this is the last song, oh. song number five. Rambling Man by Lemon Jelly and uh, and as I said earlier when I'm writing uh, I like to have music on and I travel quite a lot and uh, that's my go-to song to, to, to start everything I know so because it's about seven and a half minutes long and that's enough time for your brain to you know you've been doing some boring paperwork and then you think okay I can, do, I can get on with some interesting stuff now and you've got to you've got to exercise your imagination muscle just like going for a the, to the gym or whatever, you got to you got to limber up. You can't just do it, or it won't work. And so you have to ex, you have to stretch your imagination muscle. So that's my go-to song to to shut down all the boring old shit in my brain and get the interesting stuff going. Oh, how did cool. how did it become the go-to? I don't know because they they bought this album out. I mean, it must be ten years ago or more. Uh, and I I like the cover. I mean, I'm terrible. I see a cover that I like and I buy the album. Same. And uh, and it was really really great. And um, I just like it, and basically the the premise of the song is it's an interview with this guy, and they say, well, why why do you travel so much? And he says, I don't know, I'm just addicted to travelling. I'm a rambling man, and then he just lists the name of every single <laughs> bloody place he's been through, and then I don't know how many places there are in the song, fifty fifty places, hundred places, and then halfway through the song, if you listen really carefully, he says Atlantis. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I love that. That's a good yeah. nice love that. touch. Yeah. As, a, as, a, as, as a person who's traveled quite a bit, it, it was fun to try and catch. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. The and he says Kentish Town, which is next door to where I live. Yeah. And Sudbury, I've got an aunt and an uncle who live there. I, I, I was in a firefight in Sri Lanka. There you go. See, yeah. Awesome. So I'm, I'm like, where's he going? Yeah. yeah. It's really, I love that song, and it ends really nicely as well. Uh, at the end, it says, um, "So you're going to carry on rambling?" And he says, uh, "Have to." And it's just a beautiful end because, you know, as I said at the beginning of the show, the it's, you know, if if you're a creative person or you're interested in, I hate, I hate to sound like an idiot, but seeking the truths of the world, it is an addiction because mm-hmm. you'll never be able to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you can't stop wanting to make a film. You can stop making films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can stop doing that tomorrow. But I'll never stop wanting to make them. And you have these musicians who are on tour constantly because, yes, okay, it pays the bills. We need money. I understand that. But there are other jobs you can do which will do that. Uh, but if if you're creative, it, it you don't have a choice. You have to keep doing stuff because you will get, you know, at the risk of being, you know, serious for a, about three seconds, you will get very, very down very, very fast mm-hmm. if you don't do the things that God put you on the earth to do. Whether you believe in God or not, you are here for a purpose. It's, you know. it, that's That's a very, very wide open conversation for sure yeah, and i yeah. oftentimes think you know addiction has such a negative stigma attached to it and and is the word passion uh incorporated in that or not well, I mean, I the mean, definition of addiction is the continued compulsive use of a substance yes well i would i would say that one of the despite negative consequences one of the many problems mm-hmm. with the planet today in my country the uk and other countries uh, 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 and you know this is not a political statement this is you know my view is that money is an addiction oh jeez mm-hmm. of course and uh, this, because you, I mean, you know, when I make a film, I'm addicted to filmmaking. I want to do it. And the last film, my girlfriend said, you know, you don't have to do this. And I, I said, oh, well, I, I sort of do. Mm-hmm. And there's a mountain you climb. And, you know, it's like climbers say, why do you climb the mountain? Oh, because it's there. 
why do you make the film because it wasn't there so we go and we create that effing mountain and we climb all the way up the top we come all the way down the other side only to discover there's five more mountains because each film is at least five mountains you know writing it pre-production production production, post-production uh finishing off and selling and festivals six seven eight nine thousand mountains but there is an end because at some point you will have a dvd of it on your desk and it's finished but the pursuit of money which i believe is an addiction will never end because you can never have all the money in the world someone will always have a little bit more money or they will have some of the money so you you want 10 pounds then you want a thousand pounds then you want a million pounds then you want 10 million 100 million it will never end and when i look at these uh politicians and in inverted commas world leaders and business leaders i just look at them and go god these people are addicted to cash they're addicted to cash they can't have enough of it they can't stop thinking about it and i'm just so glad that i haven't got that addiction my addiction is creating stuff and my stuff tends to be happy you know my films have happy endings okay people can go through terrible experiences in the film but at the end of the the film you hopefully leave the cinema fractionally happier than you were when you walked in 1% happier yeah 1% half a percent 10 you know millionth of a percent and uh, and that 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 uh, uh part of rambling man where he says uh, i have to uh, it just resonates with me, and it, and and although it's kind of it could be perceived as a sad thing that you have to do it, it makes me very very happy. So I'm lucky that my addiction, which is you know filmmaking and writing and creating things, makes me happy and doesn't hurt anyone. Creativity is the pursuit of life, and I think gathering material items is is the race to death. You know, are you going to create and grow yeah. and live, or are you going to gather and, and hoard? Well, exactly. I mean, I have a flat in uh, in London, and I have a, I like reading. I have a lot of books. And, and, you know, they're very important to me, but I've just been away from home for a month. I don't miss them, <laughs> you know, I, right. and, uh, and, and it shows ultimately that, that you know, and very sadly, uh, you know, they had the fires in California and whole people have, losing their whole homes and having to start all over again, which is a terrible, terrible thing. But they can do it and they will yeah. survive. Yeah. So, so, you know, the pursuit of material possessions may not ultimately make you happy yeah. but creating things i mean you know and and i only know the film industry it's all i've ever done since i was you know not an eagle i haven't done any no, i've never really had a yeah. career in any other aspect so i can only talk about what i know about and i don't pretend to know about things what i don't know about and uh, and i know that the sense of satisfaction in finishing a film and going to a cinema and watching your name come up on the credits i it's just it's phenomenal it's like a like a you know, it, it, to, to carry on the analogy of addiction, it's a hit, and that hit will last you for a year. I, I'd say it's a birth of a child. Yeah, the, yeah, the child absolutely. Is born, yeah, you know, I mean, because there and are scars. And it's a nice child that doesn't scream. Exactly. Well, <laughs> or shit it, unless it's in the script. I would say that's lovely stuff, man. Yeah. That's really cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing that your music and yeah. just I love the way that you live your life. So oh, thank, thank you very much. I, I just wish I had more time. I have so many. It was so hard to choose only five songs because there are so many things, and there, there's a particular artist called Baby Bird. Uh, Stephen Jones, who I think is amazing and incredibly underrated. And I was listening to all his tracks last night thinking, oh, what about one of these? What about one of these? 
but I just wanted to get Rambling Man in and I had to get in the classics of my childhood. Of course. So, so you know, the yeah. the, the shout out this to Baby Bird. This isn't the last and, time you'll be on yeah. the show. No, and, and yeah. also, and it also, always works. Yeah. It always, I mean, yeah. when, right? It always works. Yeah. And people are like, I couldn't yeah. decide, but they yeah. tend to always be like, just right. Perfect. They're exactly yeah. where it should be. Oh my gosh. Martin, this is the part of the show where we <laughs> let David kind of take over with a brain break, something <clears throat> called band name or bar name. That's right, Martin. Yes. This is Y-Tune Shuffle's exclusive game show called Is It the Name of the Band? Or yep. is it the name of the bar? The bar. The way the show works is that we travel all over the world looking for different names of bands and different names of bars yes. based on suggestions from our previous guests. You might awesome. be really good at this game. You may right. be. You've been around a bit. Uh, last week's guest invited us to go to Cuba. Castro's Cuba, yeah. a little island off the coast of Florida. Oh, I'm aware of it. And I spent all week for one hour researching Cuba and Havana, looking for names of local bands and names of local bars. And uh, I'm now going to tell you the two names that I came up with, and your and Maggie's job is to decide which one is the name of the band and which one is the name of the bar. Well, if we were in Havana, and I suggested the two of you, hey, the show's over, let's go to Santo Angel. Because tonight, Obsession is playing. Mm -hmm. Are you interested? It's going to be great. Or I can say, hey, you guys want to go to Obsession? Rocking. Santo Angel is going to be there. Wow. Well, which one is correct? Which is the name of the band? And which is the name of the bar? Well, I have been to a nightclub called Obsession. You've been to a nightclub? Not in Cuba, but I have okay. been to a nightclub called Obsession. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say the bar was Obsession and the other thing was Based the other thing. Based on past experience. Okay, yes. so we're saying... Martin's Obsession is the name of the band. Santo Angel the, sounds like a name. Yeah, yes. sounds like a Obsession person. is the bar. Obsession yeah. is the bar. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'm with Martin. If you're in Cuba and you're going to see or hang out at Santo Angel, you will be going to a location in the old square, Plaza Villa. Oh. There is an ample porch that accommodates a big band, <laughs> music every night, great people watching, and one of the busiest centers in the old quarter. Of Havana, Cuba. Mm. In fact, Santo Angel is the name of the club. Obsession is a hip-hop duo consisting of Alexi Rodriguez, her sister Isne Rodriguez, and Magia Lopez. Oh. They are one of the most notable groups in Havana, Cuba. Wow. I'm so Everyone's sorry, a winner. Obsession. We all, we all yeah. win. Yeah, all that's win. why I chose don't it, because Obsession another, sounds... Don't we get another bar? Yeah, yeah the, the Obsession yeah. would, to me, have yeah. been the bar. That's why I chose yeah. it. Martin, your job now is to take us anywhere in the world at all for our next guest to play the game, and I will go online and I'll research and find bars and names of bands to play. Yes. So where can we go next week, based on your but, uh, So you want me to choose a country? Any or place. A city, city, country, country Hamlet, St. Albans. Hamlet. Yes. Hamlet. Hmm, interesting. Does it have to be somewhere I've been? No, no. No, no, no. All right, then, how about, how about, how about, let's try and find something really weird. Where's the most obscure place I've ever been? Uh, I've been to Western Australia. I've been to uh, Tunisia. 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 Tunisia it shall yes. be. And we yes. may have to broaden our square mileage yeah. to okay. find a club, but Tunisia yeah. will be ground zero yeah. for band name or bar name. Try, try try Tunis, which is the capital city. Tunis. Yeah, or Carthage, which is the ancient city of Carthage where the Egyptians and the Romans used to hang out and Tune do stuff. Tune in next week cool. to Y-Tune Shuffle where we'll be going to Tunisia yeah. for band name and bar name. Thank you, Martin. Now, I think that Thanks, you already guys. talked about this, the story of your very first concert. Yeah. 
Did you did you tell us that Susan earlier? Susan the Banshees. Susan the Banshees, Cambridge Corn Exchange. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was it. Okay, what about the last show you went to, last concert you saw? Last show. Well, I'll tell you one that was totally awesome. Is that oh, allowed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, in 1989, uh, the Berlin Wall came down. Yeah. And Roger Waters yeah. from uh, Pink Floyd had a concert on the wall and they did the wall. Uh, me and my friend Joss uh, took a bus all the way from England, all the way there, and we were there for the whole thing. And it was extraordinary. I'm, I'm chilled. Yeah, it was brilliant. And they had helicopters flying overhead and all sorts of famous people were there. And we were there. And they, they the actual auditorium where, you know, y- you watched it from was Potsdamer Platz. I know, yeah. Which is where all the landmines were. Yeah, yeah. And so they'd blown them all up. So it was all uneven. So we were literally standing in foxholes and bits of... Girder and, and brick. I spent the summer there, the big yeah, eyeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. just, it was fantastic. I and know. I th- they say 200,000 people turned up, which is the biggest concert in the world at that point in history in 1989. Wow. And Maybe still. And you were there. Who'd yeah, you go yeah, with? Yeah. Did and you my say? friend Joss. Mm. Yeah, but I haven't seen him for 30 years, so I don't know what happened to him. Good and, for you. Uh, and uh, it was, uh, it was, um, it was brilliant. And I can remember it. And it was, it was very, very dusty because it was very hot. And all of the, the grass had been worn away by thousands and thousands of feet. And uh, it was a hot summer's day and there were helicopters going overhead and there were still lots of armed soldiers around because, you know, the wall had only just come down a few months ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just spectacular. And uh, and I know Roger does puts on a good show, but this was uh, lasers and lights unlike th- we'd ever seen anything. At that point it's in living history. history, it's so much. Yeah, it was very. It was. It was. It was. The, you know, the, they say you got to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But of all the world, of all the places to be at that point in history, that was the place to be. Yes. Yeah. And for, for yeah. just for one day, I was in the right place. The rest of my life's been a disaster. But that one day, <laughs> and today, yeah, exactly. and, and today in Burbank, yeah. California, yes, exactly. in Tune Shuffle, very, very well, cool. very well. Yeah. How do we keep up with you? What's your corner of the internet? Yeah, Where can uh, we find my, what you're working uh, on? My. Um, uh, what do you call it? Twitter thing, Goochoid, G W O C H O I D. And I'm on I'm on Instagram, but I never remember to Instagram. Oh, okay. So uh, I put so things Gucci-oid. up once a once a or Captain Mart. They're all under Captain Mart. Okay, and you have a website too, and we can keep track of like what you're working on there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, but I that, but nothing ever gets updated. Oh, well, yeah, I know I... we're hopeless. We're hopeless. I need <laughs> I need someone to do that. But uh, yeah, there's only so many hours in the day and. Can't do everything. Stuff. Yeah, I'll send exactly. you my nineteen-year-old. Yes, my yes. new stepdaughter, my brand new stepdaughter. Yeah, I'll send her your way. Thanks, guys. Martin, it was really good fun. That was really fun. That was Thank great. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Thank you so much. Your time, your energy, yeah, your songs, yeah. David R. Waterman. So excited for Maggie. your upcoming wedding. Thank you for taking your yes. time today. Love you, I've been Maggie Mayfield, and if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and share. We're on all the the new podcasting channels, and we're also on all the social medias yeah. at iTunes Shuffle. And watch out for our new movie, Black Flowers, which comes out soon. Post-apocalyptic sci-fi, two years from now, in destroyed America, one family fights for survival. Too close to home. (laughs) Martin Gooch! Thanks for listening. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at iTunes Shuffle.